welcome survivors, burnout community, and those just interested. It's Kelly Bubolt's owner, trainer, and burnout prevention mentor at KB Training Connections. Burnout is not taboo. It's our reality in this fast-paced society. But we are not going to let it drive the narrative to our stories. We're going to do something about it. So let's dig in. Let's jump into this topic. I try to keep all these episodes 10 minutes or less for a quick commute, quick learning session. But this is a big one. This one's been lingering a long time, hasn't it? If you already clicked on it, wondering what this is, you probably have it. Productivity guilt. Productivity guilt is basically internalized pressure to constantly be busy, be productive, achieve high levels of output. And it's interesting how it comes out. Some people keep busy just by doing a million things at once. Some people have endless house projects, work projects. Even if they have an amount of space, they fill it. I don't know about you, but even with my kids, if I have a moment to sit, I don't sit. I get another house chore done. I start working on that house project. I make something for the kids for our next activity. We don't need to do those things. We need rest. But that's not as fulfilling as being productive. Rest seems lazy to us. And this stems from social expectations that if we're not busy, we're not successful. It might be comparison of others that they're doing all these things and how can I do all these things? Well, if I keep going, I can get there. And certainly there's some meat to that, but you also need balance. Because if you continue in that hustle mode, it's not sustainable. That's why you're here. That's why you're listening to a burnout podcast. Let's just be real for a second. We don't know how to rest. We feel it's lazy. We've been conditioned to go, go, go in the survivorship mode, and now we need to retrain ourselves. We need to start identifying these self-imposed standards and correcting them. We have this persistent belief that every minute must be utilized to maximum productivity, and eventually that leads to our chronic stress, which feeds the burnout. And Overall, it just starts diminishing a sense of self-worth. If I'm not productive, then who am I? If I'm not productive, I'm failing. If I'm not productive, I am not loved. I am not worthy to be here. Ironically, you know, this, this pursuit of productivity and busybody, it will actually start affecting your effectiveness. If you want to be 110% all the time, that extra 10% that you're giving all the time is going to slowly start eating away from you. And if you're trying to do all the things all the time, you're not doing it 100%. Eventually your energy will drain. Eventually your creativity and attention span will drain. And you actually be doing less than before. We often fall into this trap of equating busyness with productivity and neglecting the importance of rest and self-care and reflection. And this productivity guilt can trick us into believing that we're doing something, that we aren't failing. Yet, true productivity encompasses efficient work and mindful rest and a healthy work-life balance. So let's talk a little bit about what happens in this productivity guilt because we're go, 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 and we feel like that's the successful part of our life. This is what's actually happening 
in our well-being when we do that. And I'm speaking from someone who is still trying to figure out the balance around here. I can't sit. I can't rest. I feel like it's lazy and I'm unworthy at that point in time. Like I wasted an hour. I wasted an afternoon. I can't remember the last time I allowed myself to nap because I think that's a waste of time. And that's further than the truth. I need to rest. I need to nap. I've been in survivorship mode for seven years and I haven't given myself that grace, that space to rest because I'm still dealing with this productivity guilt. But this is what's happening because I can't get through this threshold. The emotional impact is this constant feeling of guilt. And it, it can lead. It hasn't as much with me, but definitely some people in my workshop that I see, it's leading to anxiety and depression and, and, a, and this decreased sense of self-esteem. It's, it's creating an internal pressure to meet these unrealistic expectations. And it leaves little room for self-compassion and enjoying the present moment, just being. Now, let me take that into my world here. I, I can be with my kids playing, practicing baseball outside. And the moment that they start throwing the ball to each other, I go and do something else. I go pick some weeds. I go clean up the sandbox. I go start gardening. I go clean up toys. What about just being? Just being in the moment, watching them play catch. Remember previous episodes where we talk about mirror image work, mirror image questions, and we're challenging ourselves to be more positive, asking those questions in the mirror, really challenging our self-worth, our subconscious, all that mindset work, that all that great work that you're doing, those mirror image questions, the smiling in the mirror, the giving the high five in the mirror, it's going to get overshadowed by productivity guilt. Because when you leave that mirror, if you're not doing something, all that guilt is going to start decreasing that self-esteem. So the emotional impact is huge. And then, of course, burnout and exhaustion. This ever-ending cycle of overworking is going to have to be compensated somehow. And so it's going to start draining our mental and physical energy. And this is going to start decreasing your productivity, your creativity, and overall well-being. You want to think why you have brain fog throughout the workday? It has no more space. You've stolen that time. Yesterday, the day before, the month before. Now, it's, it's crucial to probably understand some misconceptions around productivity. And that's what's kind of helped me start working through this. Let's talk about quality over quantity. Productivity should not solely be measured on the number of tasks completed in a day. Instead, focus on the quality of the work and the impact it has on your goals. I love the Palermo effect. It's a time management tool in which you kind of work in intervals and give yourself small breaks in between. And it's focused work. So you don't have email open. You don't have your phone on or it's on silent, out of sight, out of mind. You try to limit distractions. And for 25 minutes, you just hit it. You just hit a task as hard as you can, super focused. And then a timer goes off on your phone. There's even great apps out there. There's uh, Palermo timers on the internet. You can just bring up the page and then hit start. And in 25 minutes, it will ding for you. And you're just hyper-focused to start getting things off your to-do list. And then when it dings, you take five minutes. Five minutes away from screens. Five minutes to go get a drink of water, get a snack, walk around, reset and then you do another 25 minutes. So say you do that just in 
half a day. That's four hours where you just knocked stuff off your list in hyper-focus versus doing all the things, answering all the interruptions, answering all the emails while you're also working on that Excel sheet. We all know that's not super productive. Quality over quantity. Another productivity myth that we want to talk about right now is rest and recovery. Taking breaks, practicing that self-care over another house project, engaging in activities that bring us joy and energy, and not so much that we get paid, not so much that it is another project off our list, like actual energy hobbies, we're talking hobbies here, is going to actually lead to long-term productivity. It's a catalyst to be renewed and focused and creative. And it's interesting because I took a weekend last year. Wow, it's already been last year already. And you can see how, how I put self-care on the, on the burner. So I'm just like you. Last year, I took a full weekend to go backpacking with a random local group. And physically exhausted, mentally rejuvenated. For weeks. I had this renewed sense of focus and creativity and energy for weeks after that trip because I gave myself that time, that self-care time to do a hobby that I love and be around people that were re-energizing. But there still was that sense that maybe I should have been working. I should have been doing outreach. I should have been creating a new workshop. I should have been brainstorming a new podcast episode or blog or tool for my burnout community. There was that sense that maybe I should be checking my email. Isn't that crazy? One weekend. That's the guilt I'm talking about. And we need to give ourselves some grace. If you think of, if you think of guilt in a sense of regret, that's because you didn't absorb the present. So you look at my time with the kids. What will I regret? I'll probably regret working while they're home wanting to play with mom or on my phone when they want to play with mom when they're around when I could be having fun because they're only going to be little so many more years and then they're probably going to hate me. They're going to be in that adolescent years of, of hatred and then they'll be out of the house. So this guilt is very much intertwined with regret. Regret of the time you spent. So another myth I wanted to talk about is comparison trap. Oh boy, this is why anyone I start coaching in burnout, I say, if you're going to go down this journey and it's going to be a lot of work, you're obviously paying money to work with me, do all the things. And what I mean by that is take off all the apps. You can't work with me, commit to some things, commit to time management, commit to working through this productivity guild, and then go on Instagram all night and then wonder why you're not them. Wonder why you can't have what they have. Avoid comparing your productivity levels to others. Everyone's circumstances and strengths and limitations are different. Focus on your own progress and growth. Be careful of that comparison trap. You see what's on the outside, but imagine what's going on, on the inside. Imagine if you would stay in your own world in your own business for like six months and just work. And I'm not talking work like paid to work. I'm talking work internally on these things that we talk about in the podcast episodes. Work on productivity guilt so you can take a nap, feel refreshed, and be like, wow, that was amazing. Instead of, wow, that was a waste of two hours. Or be able to sleep in one day, 
or go to bed early and feel perfectly okay with that. Your body's asking you to do some of these things and you're ignoring it because it's not productive. When really it is. It's productive for the next day and the days after. So here's a few strategies to overcome productivity guilt. We gotta start setting realistic goals. I am a dreamer. I am a visionary. I can't stop myself. Every workshop that I do, I could probably do it the same and I don't because I want to do it different every time because I am constantly learning and reading and exploring new tools. I need to start setting realistic goals, breaking down larger tasks into smaller achievable goals and repeat what's successful. Celebrating my progress and acknowledge that even these small steps contribute to my overall success. Do you feel this? Do you have goals that are so far-fetched that every time you fail, you feel worse? And so you work even harder when really these goals are too far. You need to start breaking them down. What do I need to do this week? And all these little weak goals will lead up to that big goal. And make sure you celebrate it. If you're listening to this episode, celebrate it. There are people I talk to in severe burnout and they won't do anything. They won't read. They won't listen to podcasts. They won't get outside, get some sun, go for walks. They'd rather just sit there and blame and sulk. And that drives me crazy. There's a time for that and there's a space for that. And then you start. You start to live. Part of getting out of zombie mode is stop acting dead. So let's set realistic goals. Use your left brain, make sure they're measurable, attainable, there's a time limit for it. And then use your right brain goals that are visionary and exciting and energizing that you believe in. So the first strategy is set realistic goals. The second one is prioritize, delegate, identify tasks that truly need to be aligned with you and let go of everything else. Where can you ask for help and support? What projects do not need to be done? And they're just a nice to have. Give yourself some grace to work on these things and not disassociate and distract yourself with projects. So the second one is prioritize and delegate tasks. The third is practice (laughs) self-compassion. Treat yourself with some kindness, some understanding. You have just been at war. You have just been escaping from the beasts in the survivorship mode for probably years. Give yourself some self-compassion. Accept that productivity fluctuations are going to be natural. Some days you're going to be busy, some days not. And embrace that imperfection as part of the journey. Laugh about it. Take a nap, drew all over your pillow and laugh about it. Practice this self-compassion as you would with others. You're probably telling other people to rest, to take a break. Take some of that advice. So practicing self-compassion. The fourth one is mindfulness and, and mindset. We talk about the mirror image. Let's make that a start of our day. Cultivate that awareness of your thoughts and emotions at the start of the day. Challenge that negative self-talk when you're not being productive in your mind and reframe your mindset to focus on the growth and learning rather than perfection. If I get to a point where I can take a nap, I'm going to make sure that when I wake up from that nap, I start doing self-talk that says, that's amazing. 
You haven't taken a nap in years. That's amazing. Hey, you're just sitting, staring at a wall. That's amazing. You haven't been able to do that in weeks. What type of self-talk can you start shifting to reward these new behaviors moving away from productivity guilt? So practicing that mindset shift. That's number four. And the fifth one and the last one I really want you to focus on is time management techniques. So we have it in my newsletter over and over again, different techniques that pop up. It's in my book, but exploring effective time management strategies such as the, such as the Pomodoro technique is going to help you block that time and get that feeling of productivity without being slammed all day long. It will help you maintain balance and get things off your to-do list. And it will start shifting that guilt to actual action so that you can rest when you get home. You can rest on the weekends because you've just knocked things off your to-do list all week long. If you're feeling this episode, this productivity guilt, I'll tell you that I just created a new workshop, an advanced level of the Building Resiliency course. that has been my most successful workshop the last year and a half into a more advanced course where we dig into this productivity guilt, this work validation. And we start working through it on an individual and a group level through in-person interactions and discussion. And why this is important, why in-person workshops are important right now is 72% of the workforce has expressed that they don't feel valued at their employers. And 65% of the workforce do not feel a sense of belonging to their employers. 42% does not feel they're cared for by their employers. And training is a great way to prove to your employees that you're invested with them in their growth, in their development. So in this advanced level building resiliency workshop, we're going to be kind of digging into the deep stuff. And that's why I kind of consider it a secondary workshop after we've already worked together. And we're going to be going through that work validation, productivity guilt, stress addictions, deflection and blame, loss of identity in the workplace, our lack of accountability with ourselves and each other, and then unhealthy boundaries and starting to flip the script on some of those, working through them as a group. If you're interested in learning more, head out to my website in the show notes and click on the speaker series. I know you're not lazy. Most people in burnout are high performers, those serving others before themselves. Don't discount the step today, the step in which you focus on your self-growth. Piecing together the puzzle is half the journey. Rediscovering energy through new actions and habits is the other. Do not underestimate the strength in your actions and the beast to do hard things that lies within you. Check out more burnout resources on my website to move from zombie mode back to liveliness. See you soon.